I bless you for those songs you chose. We talked about this week. It's hard to find blood songs and it's hard to find cross songs about the cross. I even called the great musician Ray Hughes and got his opinion on it. I said, why are there so many just worship songs and not some praise songs? He said, somebody has a hit and everybody gets, they want to write one like it. And it stays that way for a while. Goes in seasons. But we can't outgrow the cross or the blood of Jesus. That's the gospel. This is a special time. Listen, in fact, you know, we're just a couple of weeks off almost from Thanksgiving. And uh, our anniversary. But uh, we're going to have a service at the Assembly of God Church. I believe that's two weeks from tonight. And it's a community service. The last one we had, we had here, and we had nine different churches. So I hope more. But I'm going to be the preacher this year, so you guys, you got to come and help me. I don't want to be the only one down there from Ascension. So uh, it'll be a big time. I've, I really want to preach to the preachers in the church. So... Uh, I'm telling you, it's on us. This country is on us and the church. It's on the church. We can blame the government all we want to, but I won't ask you how many of you prayed for the president and the leaders of the country already this morning because it says pray for them if you want to have a quiet, peaceful life. We better pray. Whether you like them or not, you better pray for them. But I'm glad you're here. But, you know, this time of year is... It's special, of course, I've already said because of our anniversary. But 33 years ago, this month is when uh, we left the traditional church and started Dissension Church. So it just, uh, this thing happens pretty quick. Life's a little quicker than uh, you think. And we so underestimate the goodness of our God. I mean, he has so blessed us. We took an offering this morning, Angie did. Let me brag on Jesus. We've never had a debt here because of the goodness of God. And we sow into other ministries. I mean, it is a, you're, you're a, 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 like a, a, con, Something God just works through. That, that's the process. He gives you the money, and, it, and it's to keep circulating. He's looking for somebody to bless. Well, and let's see. Also, what did I read this morning? Oh, and I hope you enjoyed the longest night of the year. And... Um, the appeals court has temporarily stopped the mandatory vaccination thing. So we need to keep praying into that now. I'm telling you, the government wants to tell you how to tie your shoes and everything now. We've got to stand against it. And then there's a bad report. An Afghan father, he says they're so poor that he sold his nine-year-old daughter to a 55-year-old man just to be able to feed his family. So uh, 
there's a lot of needs around the world. Dixie and I sowed some seed into Afghanistan lately. We need, we need to hear God in these things. Can you imagine having to sell a child? That's the world we live in today. It's more of, we're seeing more of a one world, well, not a one world, I don't even use that word because that's what they want to have is a one world government. But we need to see Christianity more than just Oklahoma and our nation. We need to see every nation. We need to see our, how we're to be involved in these things. But 1 Corinthians, let's look at, at this. And Lord, we just bless you. We honor you, and, and I thank you. 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 1, let's start with verse 17. I agree with the Apostle Paul's ministry. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel. Say the gospel. Not in cleverness of speech, so that the cross would not be made void. For the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. It is a... Is it the power of God in your life? See, that's what he wants it to be alive in us. We, the church, need the crucifixion spirit that brings saving power where life begins. See, the gospel is a mystery. It's the power of God. It's the power of the cross. It's a mystery that only the Holy Spirit of God reveals I've really been praying into this Lord I give me more of a revelation of the cross of Jesus Christ so so many uh, and it's it's just easy to do we think okay I got saved so what's next and we go on our journey and you never outgrow the cross you never outgrow the need to come back and bend your knees and repent and say, I've sinned. I ask for forgiveness. Cleanse me and wash me and send me back out. Come on. It's not just a one-time thing. Salvation's one. But that's just where God begins a process in you. And if you belong to him, he'll never let up on you. He'll keep working in you to make you, to change you to what he wants you to be. Sometime or other, our life has to converge and we really come to a place of really agreeing with him. Verse 21, For since the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not come to know God. Godly wisdom will not get you to heaven. Godly wisdom will not get you to heaven. It takes the power of God. For since the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not come to know God. God was well pleased through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. For indeed the Jews asked for signs, the Greeks searched for wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified. To the Jews a stumbling block, to the Gentiles foolishness, but to those who are the call, both Jew and Greek, Christ is the power of God 
and the wisdom of God. Christ is the power of God. He is what you're looking for. He is the answer to every question you have. He is the answer. Let me read you verses 30 and 31. But by his doing, you are in Christ Jesus. Tell your neighbor, I'm in Christ Jesus. See, it's Christ in you, the hope of glory, who became to us, he became to us from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption. See, those, he puts his righteousness on us. He takes our dirty rags. He cleanses us. He sanctifies us. He sets us apart for himself. We are redeemed. See, we've got to get over the idea, okay, I've been saved. When I die, I'm going to heaven. Now what's next? What's next? Let me tell you, life has no purpose apart from God fulfilling it. There's a lot of Christians, there's a lot of Christians that are empty. They're saved. I'm not saying they don't know God. But they're trying this and they're trying that. And nothing ever satisfies them because they've never got their life so aligned with God to find his purpose. Now, I'm not talking about a particular job, maybe. I mean, that could be. But it's more of a heart issue. It's more of a heart issue of finding what God really has for you. So it says, let him who boasts just boast in the Lord. I boast in you, Lord. You have been faithful to me all my life. You have been faithful when I was not faithful. You were faithful. I bless you, Lord. We must decide to act on all that Christ accomplished on the cross. Now, he's, he's, he said it's finished. He's done what he needs to do. And he said, I'm going to meet all your needs. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. We sang those songs. Well, why isn't it in our hands? Because it takes a faith act. It takes a move of God. It takes somebody to step up and say, I just choose to believe him. I'm going to do that. I told Dixie 33 years ago, I said, you know, I know God has put this in my heart. And I believe if it was just me wanting to start a church and preach, I would have got over it by now. And if I don't do it now, in 10 years it'll be too late and I'm going to wish I had of. And we went to our church and resigned everything and started. It just takes a step. It just takes a, a move. There just comes a time when you've got to make a decision. Something's got to change. Let me tell you what it is. It's you. It's not God. It's you. You've got to change. You've, you've got to be about what he's about. Aren't you, aren't you tired of being a bench warmer? Come on, let's get on the team. Get on the team. What does the cross mean to you? What does his, what does his cross mean to you? Let me, let me tell you what it means. Look at Matthew 7, 13. Enter through the narrow gate. You know, the world has a wide gate. For the gate is wide and the way is broad that leads to destruction. And there are many who enter through it. For the gate is small and the way is narrow that leads to life. 
and there are few that find it. You think everybody's going to be saved? That just blew universalism out the window. Few find the way. You're a minority. But yet, there's more people saved today in the earth. There's, they say one out of three is probably a Christian that you run into. And yet, what was the figures? 82% of your relatives and friends will come to church with you if a, a close friend or a relative invite them, they'll come. Where are they this morning? Come on, church. Why, why are we saved? Why are we saved, sanctified, set apart by God? It's like I said a while ago. It's like, okay, I've got saved, so I'm going to be about what I'm about. He says, well, Jesus said I must be about my father's business. Let me tell you, you must be about your father's business. You wonder why the ifs and the things aren't working the way you think. And I'm not saying if you'll give it all to God, you'll never have a problem. I'm not saying that. You'll have some, but you'll have somebody that'll walk through them with you. But listen, we've given up too much on evangelism and outreach. We've given up on it. We're happy to just say, I'm right with God because I went to church and I gave my offering. That makes me right with God. No, that doesn't make you right with God. It's a first step. We, we've got to get, get involved in this thing now. Come on. You think he just saved you to bless you all your life and, and you not be on about what he's about? There's a narrow gate and a wide gate. Few find the narrow gate. We can speak of all Jesus' miracles. I heard yesterday at the brown cow for breakfast. I know it's true. I, I heard that there's 37 recorded miracles of Jesus in the Bible. This lady's a teacher, and she said that. And I said, well, the Bible says if everything he did was written in the Word world wouldn't even hold all the books. But of the 37 miracles, you know what the greatest is? His crucifixion, his death upon the cross. We, we, we're looking for something bigger and better. No, look, you better come back to the cross. Have, did you ever really come to the cross? Were you ever, did the Holy Spirit ever just really convict you? We've, we've given up too much on a lot of this. Colossians 1, 19 and 20. This verse 20 is one of my favorite verses. For it was the Father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in Him. Everything was in Jesus. And through Him to reconcile all things to Himself. Now we're included in that. He can reconcile all things to Himself. He didn't just die for you and I. He died for all mankind. He made it right so they could come to God to reconcile all things to himself, having made peace through the blood of his cross. Through him, I say, whether things on earth or things in heaven. I love that verse. It's the only verse that talks about the blood and the cross. The blood and the cross. His cross demands our lives. It demands something from us. 
Don't, do, we, do we not owe him? Do we not owe him? You know, you just go do something. I've got a, a neighbor, a great neighbor. I said a few words at his wife's funeral, and he's been wanting to pay me. And I, I said, no, I owe you. you. But, you know, he wants to do something for me because I did something for him. Think what Jesus did. Jesus could have stayed in heaven. We could all went to hell. He paid the ultimate price for us. Can we say, as the Apostle Paul, I am crucified with Christ? Or can we say, the world is crucified to me? Can we say, as uh, Romans 6.3, I was baptized into his death? What about these verses? Oh, Romans 6.11. Reckon yourself dead to sin, but alive in Christ Jesus. You don't just reckon yourself, you reckon yourself dead to sin. That doesn't mean you stop having any thoughts or any plans. I think some people think that just means dead to everything. It says dead to sin. He's got, he's, a lot of the ideas you have, God has given you. Those thoughts that just come, sometimes it's more than just a thought. Sometimes we need to step out and act on those things. It may be a business. It may be a better job. It may be how to treat your spouse better. It may be how to... He gives you ideas on all things. Listen, the Holy Spirit's here. If you got saved, He lives within you. He wants to guide you and lead you. We've got to know Him. We've got to know about Him. The cross is a place of death to self so you can enter that narrow gate and get on the trail that God has for you, the plan. Let's look at Romans uh, 14, 26. This is familiar scripture to you. Jesus addressing a crowd. And he says, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple he just says you can't love anyone else more than you love him you've got to put him above everything i don't get any very, very many amens here this morning it gets quiet when we talk about things like this it's hard it's a hard thing listen i can let my wife love him more than she loves me if she loves him more than me she'll be very good to me let me tell you that you, you've got to figure this thing out. You've got to let people be who they are. I can trust the Jesus in her. We, we've got to walk on this thing. And Jesus says, Who, Whoever does not carry his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. You know, he it's interesting. I think he, he talks about a cross. They don't know he's the one getting ready to go to the cross. He's just talking about them taking up their cross. He's, can you imagine him? The eternal one. He's been forever. 
And yet he comes to earth and lives for 30 years as a baby, as a boy, as a carpenter. And yet he knows God's plan. He knows what's coming next. He knows that ultimately what he's, that the crucifixion is there. Then he gets filled. The Holy Spirit comes on him and he has this three and a half years of ministry. But all the time he knows what the destination is. You think you want to know God's plan? You don't always need to know God's plan. That's why we've got to walk by faith and trust Him every day. That's what He did. He trusted His Father even to the point of what? Death. And what did His Father do? He met His need. He raised Him up again. See, that's the God we serve. But I just think, when I read Jesus, you guys ought to take up the cross. He's really saying, you don't know what I'm, what I'm facing. And then He goes on. For which one of you, when he builds a tower, does he not sit down and calculate the cost to see if he has enough to complete it? You've got to count the cost. But you know what Jesus was saying? I've counted the cost and I'm going to do it. What was Jesus' cost? He knew he could get through the cross as the Son of God. But he had to go through it in a human body just like you and I have. He wasn't immune to pain. He had to get through it that way. Jesus had battles. You know, when he first, the Holy Spirit came on him. He was baptized. He went into the wilderness for 40 days. And then when he came out, of course, he was hungry. And Satan tempted him with every temptation there is, lust of the flesh, lust of the eye, pride of life. And then it said he left him for a season. Let me tell you where he came back. He, he probably came back several times, but he came back in Gethsemane. Was a great, that was Jesus' last great battle. Father, if possible, let this cup pass from me. I mean, he didn't want to do it in his flesh. He didn't want to. <clears throat> But I believe this verse Jesus is saying, I've already counted the cross. I've counted the cost. See, he had to get through it as a human being. He had to be that literal sacrifice to pay Adam's old sin debt to redeem mankind. Ephesians 2, 14 and 16. For he himself is our peace who made both groups, whether Jew or Gentile, whoever. He broke down the barrier of the dividing wall by abolishing in his flesh the enmity or hostility, which is in the law composed of commandments expressed in ordinance so that in himself he might make the two into one new person. In this way, establishing peace, that he might reconcile them both in one body to God through the cross by having put to death the enmity. But it took the cross to do it. To make them both in one body to God through the cross. It takes the cross. Have you been to the cross? Have you, do you think about the cross? Ask God to just really reveal the cross to you. Can you imagine God's heart from all eternity? 
He knew <clears throat> before he created us that he's going to have to buy us back again. <clears throat> Can you imagine paying for something and have it for a while? And they say, oh, by the way, you need to pay for this again. He bought us back. That, that's the love of God. That's who God is. But he had in his heart all along, I'm going to have to, the thing I love the most, I'm going to have to give back to, to buy them back. See, that's God's heart. That's God's love. A parent can understand love of a child. Can you believe that God has this kind of love in his heart? Jesus is the revelation of God in a human nature. The cross offers his life. You've got to go through the cross to get born again, to have the life of Jesus manifest in and through you. Let me show you just a couple more scriptures here. Galatians 3.13, and you probably know this one. And it's really Jesus is, or Paul is quoting Deuteronomy 21.23. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. He was hung on a tree. We were The curse was broken from our lives when we apply Jesus' life, when we accept what he's done for us on the cross. We repent. We receive his forgiveness. We're washed by the blood. We need to get our bloodlines cleansed. Having become a curse for us, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. You know, we ought to end up like Paul wrote in Galatians 6.14. He says, But far be it from me to boast, except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me, and I into the world. Listen, we live in the world. We've got a function in the world. It's God's will for us to be in the world. But we're to be salt and light in the world. And that's where you can always come back to, I can, to Romans 12, 1 and 2. I'm to present my body a living sacrifice. And how do you get changed? Verse 2 says, and do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You've got to have a mind change. It takes a mind change or this world will control you. We think it's not. You let somebody go get a particular kind of haircut, a particular kind of dress. You just look at the mustaches and beards now. See, I mean, I'm not saying it's wrong, but I'm just saying you just look how easy it is to conform to the patterns we see in the world. We've got to go by our heavenly pattern. See, we have a living Jesus. We don't have a dead Christ on a cross around here. He's a living Christ. He wants to live with his life in and through you. He wants you to say, Jesus, here I am. I lay my life down. Come have your way. I have been conformed to this world and doing my way has caused me the pain that I'm 
facing. Maybe the wrecks. Maybe the heartaches. Don't you remember crying out when you're in trouble to God? I do. I remember. We, we've got to come back to this, to God. We've got to know the, the Christ of the cross, that He's real, that He's got a plan. You know, the world, and, and we want peace and joy. And I, I want it. We, the church needs mo to be more joyous. Come on. It'll be yours when you realize life has no purpose except to do God's will. Your, your will has got to converge with God's plan sometime or other. And that, that's really Romans 12, 1 and 2 again. Of lining your life up with God. But do you know His Holy Spirit, His crucifixion spirit, do you know that that lives within you? But we don't want to get stopped. Just get quiet. We've got to have some noise on. We've got to go do something. Because, you know, when it gets quiet, sometimes we begin to think about things. Let's think about the cross. We need to grow. God wants to grow in us that the temperament and disposition of the crucified Christ. He's a good God. He's a loving God. He's got a plan, but yet we've got a part in it. And I'll not be one to say, oh, God's got it all. Yes, He does. But I'm telling you, you've got a part in it. And what are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with what God has given you? We're more concerned about what I want to do. That's still our biggest battle. What about the cross? What's it mean to you? Who is? Have you got enough Jesus in you? If you, today was your day to stand before God, what would your answer be? Well, if you know him, he'll welcome you in. But he left us here. Oh, he said, you didn't choose me. I chose you. Oh, I ordained you that you'd go forth and bear fruit and that your fruit would remain. Where's the fruit? Come on, we all ought to be mentored by somebody and we ought to be mentoring, bringing somebody else along. Amen, that was good, Brother Gerald. Come on. Come on, church. Come on, church. If we're guilty, let's repent. Let's come let God be God in us. Isn't it time? Don't we want to be what God says we could be? Don't you? I know there's inward, I know there's a part of you that wants to do that. Why not today? Put old number one on the altar and say, God come. I'm tired of me. I'm sick and tired. You've got to get sick and tired of your ways to let him do what he wants to do. Anybody want to make him Lord today? Is he Lord of all? I challenge you with that today. Let's stand. Let's bless the Lord. Now, you can say, yeah, that was great.
and not do anything with it. But if you've made a decision, you'll act on it. So you can go ahead and start it, Alan. Come on, act on what you've heard today. If God's showing you something you need to start or something you need to stop, just act on it. Maybe it's your prayer time. Maybe it's your family devotions. I, I don't know what it is. Whatever it is. I want God's best for you. I want to see you walk in what He has for you. Men. Come on, men. We're the head under Him. Let's give it all to Him. Praise God. Come on. Come on. I'm telling you, the Spirit's moving. He's waiting on us. I've told you, you're here today because we've prayed. And God has brought you today for a purpose and plan. We're not asking you to... You don't have to join the church. We want you into the kingdom. We'd love to have you in the church, but we want you in His kingdom. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. Thank Him for the cross. It's easy to talk about. Some of you know your homes are a mess. You don't have anything going on between you and your spouse as far as Christians concerned. If Jesus isn't Lord of your marriage, it's not about who's right or wrong. He's right. We bless you, Lord. We welcome you to be a part of us, but I want you to walk in His kingdom. Amen. Come on, men. We've given up too minute, too much of our place of responsibility. It's got to start in the home and the church. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. We acknowledge you as Lord of all. Listen, children hear the Lord. I remember as a eight, ten year old kid, I remember conviction. Has Holy Spirit given up on you? Do you not sense his hand drawing you? Don't let the hardness of your heart stop you from being what God wants you to be. It's not about you, it's about him. We bless you, Lord.
Somebody give Jesus praise. He's worthy to be praised. We give him glory. Thank you for the blood. Thank you. Thank you for the cross, Lord Jesus. Lord, have your way in every one of our lives. Bless you, Lord. Bless you. Bless you. Come back to the cross. I was blind. Come back. Running out of time. Sin separated. The breach was far too wide. But from the far side of the chasm, you held me in your side. So you made a way across the great divide. Left behind heaven's throne to build it here inside. And there at the cross, you paid the debt I owe. Broke my chains, freed my soul for the first time I had hope. Thank you, Jesus, for the
Any other word this morning? Amen. Holy Guys, you don't know me, and that's okay. My name is Paul, and you can tell that I'm not an Oki. Yes, I'm, I'm from Sweden, yes, from Sweden. And let me know, tell you one thing, I'm the only one that is normal here. Yes. But folks, we are, I appreciate what you said. God has a tremendous problem. You see, what is his number one thing? What's number thing in his mind? It's very simple. It's not what we think many times. We think, oh, it's his glory. It's about the universe. It's all no, 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 no. There are seven billion people out there that never have heard the name of Jesus. That's his problem. And how is these people going to know if it isn't through us? Church is not about this here. It's outside the walls. You want to be a missionary, a sent one? You are. If you're a Christian, you're a sent. You don't have to go to Africa, Asia, Europe. It's good. They need to hear that too. How about the people here in Skyatok? If you listen to this and take it seriously and do what Jesus said that we are supposed to do, and that's why the Holy Spirit is on the inside of us to enable us. Amen. This church could be filled in three months. That's enough people out there to, to fill this church many times over. That's where the anointing is. God doesn't anoint couch potatoes. He doesn't need to. But if you pray for the sick, you need anointing. If you raise the dead, you really need the anointing. How about lepers or mm-hmm, anointing? How about casting out devils? If you don't have the anointing, that will just laugh at you. Amen. And don't, don't say this to condemn anybody. It's to say... You can do it in him. He is in you to continue on what he started. And you may think lowly of you. Don't. He doesn't. You are his son and you are his daughter. And you can do it. It's a scary thing, yes. Until you've done it a few times and you overcome the fear. Thank you, brother, for enabling people to do the work of the ministry. Amen. We have a young, we have a lady that uh, watches us on Facebook, the friend in Sweden. Yeah. Any, any other word? 
Chaz? I just want to encourage everybody to not grow weary in the fight. You got to keep fighting. And I, I'm, I'm speaking to myself. Come on. Don't give up. It doesn't matter what the media says and what everybody says. When you try to invite them to church, they have every excuse. Yeah. It doesn't matter if your spouses fight with you. It doesn't matter if you're overwhelmed with bills. It doesn't matter about your health. You just can't give up. Don't quit. We hear your heart, sister. We hear your heart. Amen. It just takes one and a family started. You're the one. You're marked. You're standing. Lord, I thank you for everyone that's here today. But Lord, we thank you that you came. Lord, thank you what you're doing in and through us. And Lord, we go out to be the church. Lord, I pray we can even bring some back with us Wednesday night to hear Angie's word. Lord, we bless you now in Jesus' name. Amen.